pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, your servant, I come before you and I bring this congregation before you just the way we are. We ask of God that on the account of the righteousness of Jesus, we are given unlimited access to your presence as we study your word. Lord, speak through your servant and let lives be transformed in the name of Jesus, the son of the living God. Amen. God bless you. Please take your seat. Don't forget at, that at 5 o'clock this evening, I am leading an anointed and communion service here. Don't miss these services. At 5 o'clock this evening, I am leading an anointed and communion service here. So 5 o'clock, I expect to see everybody here at 5 and be blessed by the Lord. Amen. So don't miss the service at all. Now, this year, our theme... It's a wholehearted devotion, 100% commitment. And so I'm doing a series this January titled Devoted. So we are looking at part three today. Devoted, part three. Amen. So get ready and let's study God's word. Let's look at our, our theme, our scripture, the theme scripture for 2022 first chronicles 28 and the verse 9 and you my son solomon acknowledge the god of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind for the lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought if you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. Amen. So that's our anchor scripture for this year. Keep praying with the scripture. Say, Lord, give me a wholehearted devotion to love you and to serve you. I want to be 100% committed to you this year how many of you are ready to commit 100 percent to the lord how many of you lift up your hands high high let me see thank god for your life thank god for your life amen we have been looking at the word devoted as a seven letter acronym as a seven letter acronym so we have looked at d dependability e evangelism and today we are looking at v Possibly an O. But let me start with a V and C. So V stands for vol a volunteer. A wholehearted, devoted Christian is a volunteer. So who is a volunteer within this contest? Within the contest that I'm going to talk today, I'm looking at it from the perspective of Christianity. So we can say Christ a Christian volunteer or Christian volunteerism. So a volunteer in this contest is someone who uses his or her gift, time, skill, talent to serve the Lord without expecting a financial reward. Without expecting a financial reward. First Peter chapter 4 verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace 
in its various forms. So this morning, we've had pleasant voices. We've had pleasant harmony. Now, all these people here who sing in the choir are volunteers. They are using the gift that God has given them to serve the church, to serve you. They come here more than any person. They come for rehearsals on Tuesdays, uh, pleasant voices, pleasant harmony, and then pleasant voices come on Thursdays. And then they are here on Wednesdays because they have to sing. And then they come on Friday because they have to sing. And then they come on Sunday and also come on Saturday. So out of the um, seven days in a week, they are here like six days. And guess what? All these days that they come, from their own resources, from their own pockets, they pay for transportation. They pay for their transportation. So, for six days, they will have to pay transportation in and out. And some of them are students. But they still have to pay transportation in and out. And they have to come to church on Sunday and give double offerings. You see where I'm going? They are... So, so in the near future, you see some of them have emerged as great people, successful people. You will not understand. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I'm prophesying on you, so give the Lord praise for your life. There are people who are gifted to pray. On Tuesday, you come to the sheepfold, the, uh, the, our next building, and you hear them screaming and praying and waiting upon the Lord on behalf of the church. They are sanctuary keepers. The prayer warriors are not paid. There is no full-time prayer warrior here. And then, they are sanctuary keepers. I was telling someone that I haven't seen a bill for detergents, for brooms, for whatever they used to clean. I have never seen a bill from there. But every, like, Today, when we close, all of you will call. They have to stay and clean the whole place for the evening service. Monday, they'll be here. Wednesday, they'll be here. And go into the toilets. And clean the toilets. And all the messes that people decide to mess up the place. They will deal with it, clean it. They will come back here on Friday clean the place, get it ready for service. On Saturday, they'll be here. On Sunday morning, they'll be here early in the morning to make sure that everything is in place. All these people are not paid. So we celebrate the volunteers. There are people working within the audiovisual department, but a very difficult department to work with, who are here all the time to set up Early in the morning, Saturday evening, Sunday, early morning, they come here to set up. They don't take pay from the church. You know what they are doing? They are using their talent. They are using the gift God has given them to serve God again 
by serving you. And you can only do this if you are wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord. If you are not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord, you will actually question the sanity of people who devote their times and energies to do things for God without expecting financial rewards. One of the young ladies, I met them at the youth meeting last Tuesday. And when we closed, the mother was so angry. The, she came to see me. My mother says she has locked up. I shouldn't come in again. So I called the mother, apologized on her behalf. I was surprised on Wednesday evening whilst I was teaching. This was the lady sitting down. Because the lady sitting there, I'm very sure she's here. She's ready to die for her faith. And I'm going to show you a few things. You see, the Christian life is a very costly life. It must cost you something to be able to serve him. And I'm going to show you right now. And I'm going to call you into the place of selflessness. And into the place of volunteerism. That you will give your life to God. You will give your gifts to God. You will give your skills to God. And serve him with a wholehearted devotion. I have been blessed by the Lord. But let me tell you something. When I was a very young man. Our church needed volunteers. Guess what? What I've noticed with a lot of us in church is that we come to church with our household mentality instead of God's household mentality. So there are privileged people who are rich who have made servants at home and they pay them to work for them. Now those same people when they come to church wants to pay people to work for God. So the sanctuary keepers, where are they? Oh, you people have done very, very well. Give this, take this money. You see, though they have brought the household mindset, we are privileged, we are rich. We will pay people to serve God on our behalf. So when we were young in church, it was only the poor boys. I lived in Adabraka. The church had their conca and everything there. Nobody gave me a penny. I was responsible for facing everything in the church, carrying a lot of things, facing this here and there. It was very tedious. The rich boys would drive in in their cars, come in and say, oh, you feel well done. Take this for yourself. My own age mate, oh, they had this sense of superiority and felt like volunteerism in church. Is meant for either the youth or the poor. And that as for us, we cannot do these things. The rich people will not encourage their children to join the choir. Because they are so overprotected that they cannot even release them to take their own car and come to church to do things. But today... I want you to take off your household mindset and know that you are a child of God. 
God has placed in you certain gifts and he expects you to volunteer those gifts. Now here, to whom much is given, much is expected. If you are privileged, if God has honored you and you are blessed, whilst your money is important, your service is even more important. Are you here? Your service is even more important. Let me tell you this. If you pay tithe, you are not giving to God. You are only bringing back to him his share of your income. Tithe is God's money. Tithe is God's money. It's not your money. If I give you money and you give it back to me, have you given me money? No. So don't constitute yourself into the tightest club. We pay tight and daddy runs the church with our tight. Thank you for your tight. Thank you for your seed. Thank you for everything that you give to the Lord. But the Lord has given you something more than money. Your skill, your abilities, your intellect. God wants to use it. God wants to use it. And I'm going to show you from scriptures. People who dedicated their lives and volunteered services to the Lord. Gave themselves, handed themselves over to the Lord. The Lord used me to your glory. I'm going to call some of your attention. Some of your attention. I'm going to let you know that it is time to let go some things. Free time. Free yourself from some things. And dedicate your life to the Lord. And serve the Lord. It is not a, your right to belong to the women's fellowship and create confusion. No! They did not visit me, so I will not go again. They did not pray for me when I was sick, so I will not go again. Christianity is more than, listen, in your relationship with God, you want to put the cost on God. You want God to bear every cost in this relationship. But that is not the issue. Christianity must cost you something. And I'm quickly going to go through some few scriptures. I'm going to show you three powerful volunteers. Around Jesus that actually made the ministry of Jesus successful. Are you here? People who were so selfless around Jesus that made the ministry of Jesus successful. And today I believe, I believe with my heart of heart that I'm preaching under a prophetic unction. That God is calling you into volunteerism. Some of you must be missionaries for the Lord. Some of you must open your homes for us to set up satellite churches. You must go beyond what you are doing. Some of you, after today, must join the protocol, must join the prayer warriors. Must, you must offer a service voluntarily to the Lord. I want to repeat, thank you for your seed, thank you for your tithe. But hey, God is looking beyond that. He wants you, not your money. He wants you, not your money. Let's look at some group of people, the disciples, the disciples, as uh, volunteers in the Bible, the disciples. Luke 18, 
28 to 30. Listen to me. Luke 18, 28 to 30. Peter said to him, We have let all, we have let all we had to follow you. And these people were not receiving salaries. So we have let all we had to follow you. We have let all we had to follow you. Everything we had, we have left to follow you. At the height of Peter's success, when he had just caught fish that was sinking his boat, that he had to offload some to the other boat, at the height of that success, he left everything to follow Jesus. He left everything to follow Jesus. And they were, they, they, there was no assurance. Jesus himself had no place to stay. They were just moving about here and there. The last supper, when they wanted a place to hold a, a supper, they had to go and depend on somebody's house. It wasn't like this was a five-star successful pastor that if you follow him, you were going to get something. No. Matthew was a successful tax collector. And tax collectors were very rich people. Jesus said to him, follow me. And the Bible said he left the tax collector's booth and followed Jesus. And they were volunteers. They had to depend on, their, on, on people's messes to eat. They did not care. Hear this. Verse 29. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home. Now look, now Jesus is not giving details what they left. Peter said we have left all. Now Jesus is not explain, telling them what they left. He's not categorizing them. He said, truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. <laughs> Even this morning, you can't leave your phone for this service. You cannot leave your phone. Whilst I'm preaching, you are what's happening. Look at what they left. Home? Now, now, how many of you among the disciples have read that they had houses. They left things so they left their homes. Look, look, home or wife. How many of them? The Bible didn't talk about their wives. Some of them were divorced because their husbands chose to follow Jesus. Right? There are some ladies here. If their husbands decide today that after this sermon, I want to leave everything I'm doing and serve the Lord voluntarily, they will divorce them. They will tell them, what are we going to eat? Me and the children, what are we going to eat? If you dare do this thing, I am leaving you. Oh, I've handled a case where I preached a sermon and this brother in 419 decided not to do it again. The wife said, if we stop it, I will leave you. Let's do it together and go to hell together. <laughs> now look, look at this. They left home, wives, brothers, and sisters, parents, and children 
Who was Peter's wife? Where were his children? The Bible didn't talk about them. They, they, they abandoned them for following Jesus. These guys could go so hungry that when they get food, one time Jesus was working with them, they got some corn to eat. They didn't even wash their hands. They were so hungry, they ate it. And I remember me and Dr. Mills we were so hungry, somebody invited us for food. We didn't wash our hands. We started eating. And the person reminded us, you did not wash your hand. Dr. Mills said, well, we are the disciples of Jesus. We don't wash our hands. <laughs> them for taxes. They could not raise among the 12 guys following Jesus. They could not raise Matthew left his job. Peter left his job. All these guys left something and they came following Jesus. And as a result of that volunteerism you heard the gospel. They, they, they killed Jesus, buried him, put him in the grave. Whatever they did for, against Jesus, they all carried Jesus in them. And they could preach what Jesus taught them. Ah, when these men eh, first preached the gospel, and the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Sahindri, all of them came together, arrested them, took them to the temple, gave them warning. The Bible says that, when they saw that these men were unschooled men, they were astonished that they have not been to school before, but they could preach like this, raise the dead like this, and the Bible says that they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. They left everything to be with Jesus. They left everything to be with Jesus. You can't leave that unbelieving boyfriend, that unbelieving man friend, that unbelieving girl that is making you break your covenant with God. They let wives, not girlfriends. They let brothers and sisters, not friends. Look at you. You are more devoted to your friend than to Jesus. Are you going for quarry as us? No, then me too, I won't go. Are you offended in the choir? Then if you are not going to, I won't go. If you are bitter, I am bitter. If you are offended, I am offended. If you are fighting, I am fighting. Your loyalty to your friend is more than your loyalty to Jesus. But they left everything. Jesus did not stop them from leaving their wives, from leaving their parents to serve him. Are you here? What have you left? What are you volunteering? What are you volunteering? You can't even leave Facebook for one hour and pray. People left wives, husbands, and things. What have you left to follow him? And what are you still living to follow him? What price can you pay for your work with the Lord? What price can you pay for your work with the Lord? What price are you paying for your work with the Lord? It must cost you something. Jesus was never, Jesus never promised anybody a luxury life. 
He said, if you want to follow me, carry the cross and follow me. Carry the cross and follow me. Declare yourself dead. He never promised anybody that if you serve me, I will give you a house. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, follow me and I will make you a millionaire. He didn't say, follow me and I will make you a star. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you are truly following him, he makes you, you don't make yourself. All of us here, we are following friends, we are following our own greed. We want God to bless us, that's why we come to church. We are not here for Jesus, we are not here for ministry, we are not here to serve him. We are here for something else. Any other reason you are here for, if it's not Jesus, you are failed. You are not here because I preach nice. You are not here because, oh, this man of God, I like him. You, you can't, you can't, you don't have to like me to be here. You have to love Jesus to be here. Liking me to be here for what reason? I am human. It is Jesus. Jesus must be the reason why you are here. He must be the reason why you are here. And this year, you have to reconnect to him and tell Jesus, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to devote my time to you. I want to be 100% committed to you. It doesn't matter what it will cost me. Don't use your children as an excuse for not coming to church on Wednesday evenings. Jesus will not take that. He will not take that. Don't use I'm tired. Jesus doesn't take that. Jesus doesn't listen to I'm tired. The man says, carry your cross and follow me. He wants you to die for him. Not to rest for him. <laughs> the man is calling you to die. Carry your cross and follow me. And then you are using tiredness as an excuse. You are using, using your job as an excuse. Let your job pay you all the money in the world. Let him take his breath away from you and see whether you can chop the money. My sister is in the mortuary now. Yeah, she's in the mortuary. Yesterday we met here. Today, the one week of the vision, you heard the testimony of her friends. When she was young, how she served the Lord. God will not forget those things. God will not. If you die right now, can, can people say that about you? Can I preach? Why is the church so quiet like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know that. I know, I know that you'll be quiet. I, 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 I deliberately came with this message. Because see, this year, this year, this year, this year, it is not what God can do for you. It is what you can do for God. When you work for God, he works for you. That's the essence of volunteerism. And that really helped me working for God. Like, what, what about Mary Magdalene, Joanna and the sisters? The ladies. Look at this scripture. Luke chapter 8, 1 to 3 from the New Living Translation. Soon afterward, Jesus began to, they began a tour of the nearby towns and villages preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of god 
So the man was doing a tour. And you know how they were doing this tour? They were walking. They had no donkeys. You remember when Jesus wanted to go to Jerusalem to go and die? He had to send them to go and take somebody's donkey from a village. So the man had no donkeys. He had no donkeys. So me, when I'm going on a tour and you are, you are in my team, I don't get a comfortable place to stay or a good food to eat. Don't complain. The example here, they were walking, a tour, walking tour. He took his 12 disciples with him. Along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Not seven witches and wizards, but seven demons. Hmm. Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Shusa, Herod's business manager here. Susanna. And many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. So women just came together <laughs> and said, Let's, we, we cannot preach some. We, we cannot cast out the demons some. But what we can do is that we can put resources together to finance these people. That was their level of volunteerism. And they came along with them. They did not say that we have given you the money. We are sending you. No, we are giving you the money, but we are following you. If there is a need for cooking, we will cook. If there is a need for us to cover those that demons are coming out of them and they are coming naked. We, they were part of the ministry. They were not financiers who were sitting in the comfort of their air-conditioned offices and bedrooms, lying in bed while others were on the mission field. No, 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 no. They were part. Their money went and they themselves also went. This woman remind me of, of a story of a woman when Machion, the one who founded Church of Pentecost, was about to start Church of Pentecost. He had nothing. A woman went into her jewels, jewelry box, and came out with her jewels and sold it for them to buy the first Church of Pentecost drums. During those days, they used to use this boom, boom, boom. For them to buy. Today, look at Church of Pentecost. Three million members. And everybody that is worn in that church, the crown, will be waiting for that woman. Young Cho, when he was started, the man with the biggest church in the world, the largest congregation in the world, when he was started, Korean women cut off their hairs and sold it to raise money. So that you can buy the wig. Oh yeah, if you will not give the money to your pastor to do the work of God, they will cut their hair, bring it to you, and take your money. You wear the wig. Now, even if I want to anoint your hair, I want to anoint you, your head with oil. I'm anointing somebody's hair on your head. Oh, true. So sometimes you see the women when you come forward, I try to put it on your forehead. Because on your head is somebody's hair. And the person just getting anointed. And you <laughs> Am I preaching to someone here? Am I speaking to someone here? Listen, it is time we stop the way we serve him and serve him better. The cost is not on him, it's on you. 
He has paid the price for you already on the cross. Now it is for you to show appreciation. People who in the world used to go to disco in the night. One Friday night they would spend over 10,000 Ghana cities. 20,000 Ghana cities. Now become Christians and when they come to church, five cities offering. They don't pay tight. If some are even in church, they have not stopped going to disco. This Friday they were there. So this Friday they went. And they spent all. Oh, today they will give offering of 10 cities. Because we truly do not appreciate these women and these women went along with them and they did not only go empty-handed but they came to support them what about dockers the woman also known as tabita what about this woman let me show you what this woman did i'm trying to show you i'm trying to let you see that you have no excuse and it's not amazing that most of the examples i'm giving here are women Acts 9 36 to 39 there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died here. Her body was watched for barrier and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lida. Lida. So they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible so peter returned with them as soon as he arrived they took him to the upstairs room the room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him their coats and other clothes dockers had made for them you know that it was on the basis of this that peter prayed for the woman to come back to life she was a seamstress she was a seamstress oh and she was sewing clothes for the needy. She was using the prophet to take care of the needy. Today we despise the needy. We even make mockery of the clothes they wear. Now we have people with expertise here who cannot even do things for their church for free. They cannot. Graphic designers who cannot design for the church and print at, at even the cost of the material, they want to make profit. If a dressmaker is interested in the choir, you cannot sew for the choir and make profit. It should be the, the cost of the material. If you cannot buy the material, be the cost of the material, be the cost of the needle and things you are doing. But no cost of labor. Because you must know where you make your profit and where you get your present blessings. Are you... <laughs> If we're catering in the house and we are doing something and we ask you to cook for the church, it's not here that you make money. It's here you get your blessing. You don't make money in church. You make bless, you get blessed in church, and the blessing manifests itself in financial blessings for you. <laughs> I, I, am I am I seeing someone here? You must volunteer. 
do things for God without expecting financial rewards. Daddy can pay, so let's charge him. He will pay. Well, charge me, let me pay. You have received your reward from me. I will receive my reward from the Lord. You will be rich according to my riches. And I will be rich according to the riches of the Lord. According to the riches of the Lord. Oh, we are going on TV. Daddy can pay, let him pay. When I pay, I will still get blessed. I come here so I don't get paid in this church. I don't, I don't take anything from this church. Some of you should be worried. You should be coming to them and say, no. Even anything little we can give you, we must give you. Or else what is the essence of We cannot be blessed by a pastor whom we don't bless. Are you here? Let me conclude. So, what drives successful volunteerism in the church? What drives successful volunteerism in the church? What drives successful volunteerism in the church? What drives it? Three things drive successful volunteerism in the church. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Please, I'm prophesying to you. I'm speaking the mind of God to you. Since 3 a.m., I've been asking the Lord, the Father, let this become a revelation for someone. Let somebody make a covenant with you today after this sermon. Let somebody get up and say, I'm putting my house in order. I need to serve the Lord. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. We remember before our God and Father, your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in the Lord, in our Lord Jesus Christ. I, can, I want to repeat again. Your work produced by faith. Your labor prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope. Three things. The work of volunteerism for the Lord is the work of faith, a labor of love, and enduring hope. A work of faith because all that the Bible is saying is that when you come to God, you must believe that He is and He's a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. So, whatever you are doing, you are doing it by faith. That there is a God. If I serve Him well, He will bless me. It's just based on faith. Whatever we have done for the Lord, when mommy and I left everything and came to Sprinter's Road with nothing, we did it was a work of faith. It was a work of faith. We didn't know you. We didn't, we didn't know whether you would come or not. We didn't know where we were going. But all we knew was that we had to do something for the Lord. We left everything to come here. It was a work of faith. Auntie Becky offered us her house. Also a work of faith. It would be in the annals of God forever. The pleasant place church we were able to take off and now we have branches all over because one woman decided to open a house and we are here the church is even already a branded church and we are telling you give us your house for a satellite fellowship yeah for me i don't my neighbors will talk my neighbors will talk my neighbors will talk my neighbors will talk if i had followed my neighbors i would never have been here 
Well, it's not everything that God asks you to do that somebody will be pleased for. In fact, 31st, we blocked this street. The cause that came from different places, the police officers came here. <laughs> the way they came, the way they spoke to me, the way I saw, I told them that. So, if Shatawale has blocked here, will people have come here like this? Go to Osu Osfor Street right now, as you are talking to me. Osu Osfor Street is blocked for a concert. And that street is busier than here. It is only because it's a church. Just because it's a church. Because it's a church. I went to visit one of our church members. The next door neighbor had rented the house for a pub. They start playing music from 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. They are still there. I said, what are you doing? So the neighbors, we are going to court. Church people will not go to court. They will come here. They will come like they came to try to fight us. There is nothing God tells you that you will not have opposition. If you are waiting to please everybody, you will never do what God has asked you to do. Do you think everybody was happy when God told Abraham, leave your mother's house, leave your father's house, leave your people, and go to where I will show you? Not everybody was happy. But listen, if you listen to God, most people will not understand you. If you want to please everybody, stop listening to God. Am I talking to someone here? Am I talking to someone here? The Lord is telling you, come up to the mountain with me. I want to use you. I want to use you, but I need you. You haven't given me all. I need all of you to be able to use you. I need you. I need you. I need whatever giftings I've given you, whatever opportunity I've given you, I gave it to you for the kingdom. Okay, let me try to explain this to you. You see what politicians do, eh? When they come to power, they financially empower their boys. So that when they are out of power, they can finance them to come back to power. That's the same thing God is doing. God empowers you so that you can empower the kingdom. But when God empowers you, it is for you, you and your children. It is when God empowers you that you find fault with the church. It when God empowers you that now you know that there's going to be a demand on you. It is when you have finished school and you have graduated and you know you are working. Now you have to pay tight. That is when you find fault with the church. That's why you find fault with the church. And that's why most pastors preach that the people they helped most were the people who abandoned them when they needed them. Because when you are empowered in politics, in politics, when you are empowered, and it is time to empower the party that empowered you, if you don't do it, when they come back to power, they will collapse all, they will weaken the power they gave you. They will take it back from you. So sometimes you see that some company, they see some company, they are going to close the company, they are breaking some rule, and the person is going to jail. It's a revenge. You, we made you. And when we were in trouble, you did not help us. So now we have come back to power. We are coming after you. So that's the way we treat God. And then God starts coming after us. God starts coming after us. That everything I gave you, I'm taking it back. 
God is like a sugar, sugar daddy whose heart is broken. He will come for his car, come for his building, come for everything he gave you. You know, you know that? When you, are, when you are going out of the sugar daddy, it's like a prison. When you try to get out, they will take everything from you. So you are stuck. Then you find a, a lazy, foolish boy who will tell you, who will tell you that, oh, keep the sugar daddy and keep me. Let's chop his money. You are a mess. Are you here? You are a mess. Distinguished ladies and gentlemen, God is calling you into serious volunteerism. Give him something. Give him your time. Give him your energy. Give him your talent. Give him your seed. Give him whatever is at your disposal now. Give it to him. Tell him, Lord, I am ready. I'm ready. Anything that will stand between me and you, I'm ready to leave that thing to follow you. Lord, I want to serve you as a missionary. A full-time missionary. I'm not going to do anything. I just want the church to just position me somewhere and I will work for you, Lord. Lord, from today, I just want to dedicate my life for prayer. Prayer for men of God. Prayer for my church. Prayer. I just want to dedicate my life. You are out of job. You are doing nothing. Instead of staying at home and creating problems and complaining and being, bearing grudge against people, use that period to volunteer your time to the Lord. From now till I get a job, Lord, I'm just giving you all I have, my life. What can, what can you use me to do in this church? And when they say God is going to use you, and we are not saying that, come and say, oh, daddy, I can preach. Daddy. There are stations where these young pastors are working. What can I do there? God has need of you. He wants you to volunteer your time. He wants you to volunteer something for him. God has need of you. One of the brothers the Lord has blessed. One day, I was just somewhere. Then they called me. They just called me that. Somebody had just come to. He just came, drove his car, left the car, put the key on it, put the document, and ran away. I said, maybe you bought the car. He wants you to dedicate so you guys don't panic. I came, I met the brother. I said, no. I'll give him the car. I don't have any car. I don't have any. The brother started coming to church on bicycle. I think we sold the car to support the work of God. And the brother started coming to church on bicycle. Today, God has blessed him. When I see him coming to church in different cars, I said, you see, God will never owe you gratitude. But he wants you. He wants you. Oh Lord, Daddy, we have been giving, oh, but we don't see. No, you are not giving hundred percent. You are giving him your Ishmael. He wants your Isaac. Give him what will cost you. Give him what will cost you. Give him what will cost you. Go back home. Sit down with your family. We are a covenant family. We are serving the Lord. You serve in the choir. You go to protocol. You go to this. We are no longer going to car church. Sitting with me in your my comfort early morning, go to church. Go, go and make sure you are doing something before I come and meet you. 
then when you tell them that, you yourself, you set the example. In this house, we are no longer gossiping about church. We are not talking against pastors. We are praying for pastors. We are working for the Lord. We are moving the kingdom of God forward. We don't care whether we like the pastor or not, whether we like the pastor's wife or not, whether we like the choir or not, whether we like the choir leader or not, whether we like the audiovisual or not. We don't care who is offending us. We don't care who is doing something against us. All we have to do is that we are looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Next Sunday, I'll talk about order. Oh, order. And I'll show you how to conduct yourself in the house of God. The conduct that attracts blessing. The conduct that serves as a conduit for divine blessing. Your household must serve the Lord. And your household must open your door for God to enter your house. What are you doing in that house that you don't want us to start a satellite fellowship there? What are you hiding in that house? What is in that house that we cannot? Now we are, we are coming to knock at your gate. Then when we come, we say we are starting a set life fellowship here. Daddy has sent us to start a set and you are leading it. They will anoint you with oil and ask you to lead it. And you tell us, hey, I don't have time. You don't have time. If God stops having time for you, you will see. You don't have time for God who oversees your life 24-7. I can't do it. When you are weak, he is strong. Where, the I can't do it attitude, you have to break it. Start it. Start. You start. Let's all see you can't do it. Start serving the Lord. And let's all see you. And they will know that you tried. Somebody put your hand and say, help me, Lord. Say, I want to love you more. I want to serve you more. Three things that drives us. Work of faith and the labor of love. A labor of love. You do it because you just love him. You pray because you love him. You evangelize because you love him. The real expression of love for God is not in a song. Oh, how I love Jesus. It's not in a song. It's in action. Love is... is it's, it's an action word. Love is practical. Love is expressed. You must see it. Jesus wants to see you labor in love for him. Your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love. I, I, I used to look at myself and say, why am I doing all these things? Recently, mommy did some investment and when the investment was over, she went to the bank to settle everything. Before she got home, she has sent money to some pastors. Money to some pastors. You take this, you take that, you take this, you take that. Why would she do that? Love for Jesus. If you don't love him, you can't save him. You can't save him. Why would these people be doing what they are doing? And they are the same people that, if I want to sit, I say they should get up. Don't be offended though. Just love him. 
Eh? Love does not keep records of wrong. If you love God, nobody can hurt you in church. Because love does not keep records of wrong. If you love God, nobody can... I had five sisters. Mommy had been married in my family for 29 years. This year is 30 years. She hadn't had problem, any major problem with any of my sisters. Any major problem. You know why? She lost me. So she extended that love to my family. My mother doesn't eat much. And she's very careful about her, her health. So you see my mother eating. You see, when my mother comes to visit us, a mommy is particularly interested in my mother's food. Mama, they will be the way. Mama, no, 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 eat this one. Mama, no, no, do this thing. Oh, no, no, mama. And she's there and she's prepared. Mama, I know that if somebody prepares, you won't eat. So I'm there, I'm going to prepare. Just like yesterday or something. We were tired. We just like, hey, Mama Adrian, you, Mama Adrian, her mother is, is with me. Oh, Mama Adrian, you. And she's thinking, Mama Adrian, you, Mama. Do you know why she does those things? The love she has for me. If you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, you will save the church. You will save the people who are called his family. If you love Jesus, you will serve these people without getting offended. Don't be offended. You are in church today. You are bitter. Tomorrow you are better. Next time you are bitter. You are better. Bitter. Better. You eventually become doomsaw. Doom <laughs> bitter, better. And then enduring hope. Enduring hope. Enduring hope. So you are doing something by faith, expecting a reward from the Lord. It's not coming. You have labored. It's not coming. Do you know? <laughs> you must have hope that something good will happen to me. You endure it. I was born into poverty. Started serving the Lord, hoping that things would change. I came to Spinter's Street here after several years of serving the Lord. Several years of serving the Lord. I still came here. The Lord put in an uncompleted building. He said, the wilderness journey, you have to finish it before I put you on the high street. The day after next week, uh, no, the Sunday after next week, I said, I'll talk about tried and tested. That one of the things the Lord will do when you are devoted to him is that he will try you. He will put you on trial. He will shake your faith. It's not everything you are going through that is by the devil. It's not everything. Some of them, God will permit it to try you to try you. He would deprive you of food. He would deprive you of marriage. He would deprive you of a man. He would deprive you of a woman. He would deprive you of money to see how faithful you are. Are you here with me? So wake up from your sleep and slumber. Wake up from your Cinderella Christianity. God will bless me and I will live in a big house and mansion and all those things that I might know him. And the fellowship of his suffering and the power of his resurrection. I might know him. Sometimes you know the fellowship of his, do you know what that means? The fellowship of his suffering. You are a fellow sufferer. A fellow sufferer. You are suffering with him. He wants you to feel the pain he felt. 
Will you be able to walk with that money for a long distance to go for evangelism? Daddy, it is raining and he wants her to go for evangelism. God knew it was going to rain and he made me set up evangelism on a raining day. He was just trying your faith. You failed. You must have enduring hope that you must be confident that you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You must convince yourself that it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. God will show up. It's only a matter of time. God will visit you. So don't complain. Do everything without complaining. Do it without complaining. Serve him without complaining. It may be difficult, but he did not tell you it will be easy. Among the gifts of the spirit, among the fruit of the spirit is long suffering. Your ability to suffer long. You must have enduring hope. You must have enduring hope. Have enduring hope. And the Lord will see you through. And the Lord will see you. Thank you so much for joining us.